Murder and Moonshine, a true crime podcast with a southern twist. Welcome back to Murder in Moonshine. This is Christy. And this is Misty. And today it is Christy's story. It is. And I am so vested in this story. Matter of fact, it turned into a two-parter. You took a real deep dive. Yes. It's a deep dive. I have like a book sitting in front of me. So we have a lot of ground to cover. We have a lot of shit to talk about. (laughs) And it's great. I'm looking forward to it. And you know, as always, we have moonshine. Yeah. But we got us a little hodgepodge today. (laughs) We We have. It's it's fall clean out day. We just (laughs) cleaning out the liquor cabinets. So we have some Sugarland Shine Sweet Tea. That's 40 proof. And it's really good. And let me give a shout out to our friend Mike. He donated this bottle. Thank you, Mike. What's left of it anyway. (laughs) We will finish this up for you. Yes. And then we also have some of our Copper Barrel Blueberry 96 proof Mm -hmm. moonshine left. Still with the little blueberry balls in it. Two fell in my shot glass just a second ago. So you're just going to down them? I'm going to, I don't know. We're going to see what happens. (laughs) I'd like to say I'm going to try to avoid them. Well, but they're kind of small. I don't know. You may need them for the story. Mm. All right. Well, you may need them for the story. I'd say just just go ahead and take it. And this story is so um, disturbing and shocking that I'm going to put a little humor right here in the beginning. So because it's all you're going to get. Yes. Is that bad? This weekend. Yeah. I talked my husband into going to our storage building. You know, we just moved into a new house. Right. Still have stuff in storage. Some of that stuff is my Christmas stuff. Right. Talked to him in to go to the storage building. Need the truck. Obviously, we got a lot of shit in there. Right. And I drove. His back was a little sore. And I was yeah. like, don't worry about, you know, turning and all that. You're I like, can drive I the truck. This. Even yeah. if it's big, I got it. Bitch, I heard a loud thump. Oh, God. What I did said, you hear? I said, oh, my gosh. What was that? And he looked me dead in my face. He said, you just hit that mailbox. <laughs> oh, my God. What? He said, you just hit a mailbox. I said, how? How the fuck did I hit a mailbox? He said, you got close to it and you hit it. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain exactly. this to you. <laughs> exactly. So to make matters worse, get home and I pull up really close to the steps. Right. Because I have all this shit to unload. And yeah. with his back being sore, I didn't want him to help. You right. Know. This morning, I thought, well, let me just drive the truck here Mm -hmm. because it's already pulled way up. That way I can just park it in this regular spot when I get back. Start backing up and it's making a weird noise. And I start panicking. I'm like, oh, my God, what's wrong with the truck? It's making a noise. And I was about to get out and go get him when I looked and I realized I was dragging a chair. (laughs) (laughs) So. That is classic. Classic. I know. Christy. I, I knew you would appreciate that because I know. I know. We my driving so record stories. is not the best. <laughs> and I've, you know, you know, if you had one of those boards, it's been so many days since incident. <laughs> Bitch, mine's negative now. I just. <laughs> we were at just zero days starting without all an incident. Fuck over. It is so funny that you say that because I almost had an incident this morning myself oh do tell so i went to the farm to pick up my milk like i do every week she she is an organic i milk love, drinker yeah, yeah i love raw milk so yeah. 
anyway, I went to the farm mm-hmm. to go get my milk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my truck sits up kind of high. Yeah, your Jeep. Yes. And I'm looking out at the cows because I'm always like mentally thanking the ladies for, for their work. The, yes, yes, for p- all their work. For providing you with your milk and your heavy cream. And bitch, I look and a calf just ran in front of my, like he run across. I wasn't even looking at him. Like he had already crossed in front of my vehicle. I almost hit him. Oh, wow. A little calf. And I don't Aww. know what he was doing, where he was coming from. But he was free roaming, just yeah. running. Yeah. Aww. So I almost hit a cow this morning. <laughs> Bless you. But I didn't. He was fine. Thank God. But I missed him by maybe inches. Like it it wasn't very much. So, wow. Yeah. Shout out to the farm too. I've gotten some stuff from them and you guys are awesome. Heck yeah. All right. I think it's that time we should take a shot. Mm, load up on this a shot and trigger warnings. Right before I give you the stack of trigger warnings. Oh. All right. Which are very interesting. So whatever you guys are drinking, I'll fill up your cups. Cheers, bitches. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's really early. Oh, she's swallowed the balls. I totally she's forgot the blue. <laughs> if you could see her face right now. Oh, I forgot the blueberries were in there and I just threw it back. Mm. Mm. I was unprepared for that. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, that was great. And all I have to chase it with is water. <laughs> <laughs> She's fucking ill-prepared. <laughs> ill-prepared. <laughs> oh, oh, God, that was priceless. Ooh, look. Yeah. That one. Look. And look, I guess that solves whether or not I'm going to eat the blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I just said they were in there, what, two minutes ago? You, you did. And totally we're gonna we're gonna see where that lands you here in a few minutes. Yeah, because I had about three blueberries and you know they just soak up the alcohol. Oh yes. Yeah. Along with the ninety six proof alcohol. shot. So it's a good thing I'm not telling this story. But I think I'm gonna switch over to the sweet tea now. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And it's a much lower proof. Yes. And it doesn't have balls floating I'm in it. I'm scared if I pour any more of the blueberry in there that some more balls are going to fall yes, in there. Yes, they will. I'm right in your mouth. Prepared to do that. Don't you hate it when balls just fall in your mouth unexpectedly? Yeah, I hate when that happens. God. But it just did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, stick with us today. I promise this is a good story. <laughs> stick with us. I'm here for it. Before I get started, I want to tell you there is... A whole ass plot twist. We love plot twist. At the end of this story. That's a whole nother story on its own. I like it. I like it. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm not going to tell you till I'm part intrigued. two. But it's a whole ass plot twist. Mm. Me and this blueberry moonshine. We're intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I have to touch on it. It's crazy. All right. I'm going to start with some trigger warnings. And like I told you a minute ago, these are interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, voyeurism or stalking, whatever right. you want to define it as, burglary, murder, dismemberment, kidnapping, rape, sexual assault, and some very interesting paraphilias. Mm, you know the paraphilias are persistent or recurrent sexual interests or urges or fantasies, behaviors, whatever. Involving objects, activities, or even situations that are atypical in nature. That's what paraphilia is saying. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I always love the paraphilias because they're weird as fuck. fuck. Well, out of the paraphilias, we're going to concentrate on dendrophilia. 
And I have that definition for you as well. It is a love of trees. So whoever we're talking about wants to fuck trees. A sexual attraction or arousal by trees and leaves. I just had a very disturbing image just <laughs> popping in my head right now. Maybe it's the blueberries. I don't know. No, bitch. It's real. But it's I'm picturing some real. weird naked dude just laying in the fall leaves. Then if that's all you can imagine. really dirty things with some leaves to himself. Yeah. Well, it's much worse than that. Ugh. Much worse. Matter of fact, side note, totally was working on a different story. Mm-hmm. And I always have murder Death and murder playing at right. my house. I know that's so disturbing. Same here. Normally, it's on in the background. This story came across. I heard it. I ceased everything and have concentrated on it so much it's turned into a two-parter. That's how but I love when weird that it is. I love when that happens. I've bumped some stories before because I caught on to something else. Mm. And This one's great. Yeah. This one's great. Today, we are talking about Matthew John Hoffman. Okay. And he is known as the leaf killer. Mm. Due to the lack of sources detailing him, not much information about his early life has been revealed other than he was born November 1st, 1980. Oh, God. He is our age. He's a Scorpio. He's the son of Robert and Patricia Hoffman. He grew up in the Warren area, which is in northeastern Ohio. Mm -hmm. And he moved with his mother to Apple Valley, which is in Knox County, Ohio, in 1997 when his parents divorced. Okay. His neighbor, Alice Morelli, lived next door to Matthew from the time he was 14 to 16. Alice reports he always appeared unhappy. He acted strangely. He seemed like he was really lost, just maybe on a bad path. Matthew would jump off her roof onto the trampoline in his yard. She's like, look here, you cannot climb up on my motherfucking roof and jump off of it into. Like, you better get your wild ass somewhere else. And she said her dog hated him. Her dog barked at him incessantly. And when the dog would bark at him, Matthew would respond with an unemotional stare until he barked back. What? (laughs) So he'd just stare at him and then Bark back. Yeah, I could not even look at you when I've had to finish that sentence because I knew your face. <laughs> I'm picturing yes. this whole interaction. Right, where you have this dog. little dog barking at this 16-year-old boy who has just jumped off the roof of the dog's house. And he looks at him and just stares unemotionally and then starts barking back. Yeah, I would automatically think he is a serial killer. Mm. I'd be keeping my eye on him. Matthew spent a lot of time in the woods. Imagine that. Like a lot of time. He was very interested in trees and leaves. He built a tree house. Um, that was his piece. That was he his. Did some dirty things in that tree house. He and a friend got in trouble in 1997. So this is like the first year he was living in Knox County or Apple Valley. And they got busted by the police because they were on a roof of a local school, Lakeview High School. Matthew said, "Uh, I just wanted to see whether I could get up there or not. He loves to climb some shit, don't he? He's on the neighbor's roof. Mm -hmm. And now he's on the roof of the Mm -hmm. school. And he was in the woods and he built a tree house. So he was climbing some trees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Matthew attended East Knox High School. 
He graduated in 1999. He was studying industrial electricity at the Knox County Career Center. Um, he was like a really smart, just book smart kid. Right. Book smart. He wanted to go to college to be an engineer. I mean, he, he had goals. He was a smart kid. Right, right. So he went west to go to school. Mm-hmm. Or that was his intention. He landed in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And once he settled in, he got a job as a plumbing contractor. Mm-hmm. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Okay, one night... This this is weird. Just a little side note. One night, Matthew and some of his friends uh, decided, and I don't even know who these friends were because he was new to the area. Right. They decided to drive out to the city limits and steal the Welcome to Steamboat Spring signs. Yep. They're big, huge signs. I mean, I know that there was some sign stealing happening when we were in high school. <clears throat> But I don't know about a huge welcome sign. Well, they liked it so much that they drove around and collected three of them. Three huge welcome to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. In my mind, I'm thinking, what the, I mean, you're a grown ass, mate, you know. I know some people that we went to high school with that stole the booger holler sign. Yeah, but that was in high school. He, yeah. He's he's graduated. He's moved out. He's supposed to be going to school. But very childish. <clears throat> Obviously. Yeah. So he's working at at this plumbing job. The business, he and his crew were working on this like big job at a condominium complex. Mm-hmm. So he had been working there for a few days. One apartment in particular, Matthew somehow obtained a, some knowledge that the tenant was on vacation. So finding this shit out. He moves into his apartment. What? He moves into his apartment. He takes it upon himself to basically live at this person's home because he knows they're gone. He eats their food. He takes showers. He sleeps in their bed. I mean, he lived there. How creepy. Knowing that the tenant would be coming home soon, he decides that he has to figure out how to cover up his crime because he's smart enough to know his fucking DNA is everywhere. I mean, he's lived A luxurious life at this other place. Wow. So he decides he'll just set it on fire. Oh, what? We're talking a condominium complex. So instead of just cleaning it Mm -hmm. to make it look like no one was ever there. Right. His uh, his brain just jumped to, well, let's just burn it down. Burn this motherfucker down. To the point that he had 10 gallons of gasoline that he poured All over this apartment. Oh, my God. And then he set that motherfucker on fire. Ten gallons. Of gasoline. a lot of gasoline. This fire sent 16 people running, literally running for their lives from their own houses in this condominium. Mm. Did he kill anybody? Nobody died. Good. Nobody died. He caused $2 million in damage. 
so it, it just it blows my mind that he's so stupid that he was just like, oh, instead of just cleaning everything, mm-hmm. let me just burn it down. Well, he's not as smart as he thinks he is, obviously. So once he set the fire, he really thought, oh, and then this is the end of it. It's over. Done. All, you know, evidence erased. But Steamboat Springs police were able to gather evidence that the fire was an arson, obviously, and was still able to collect his DNA from the apartment. So he's not as fucking smart as he thinks he is. Oh, what a dumbass. The police go to his house to question him, and guess what they saw? Three big-ass welcome to Steamboat Springs signs. In his fucking apartment. Oh, God. He's Huge so welcome to the city signs just laid up against the wall in his apartment. They're like, we've been fucking looking for those. And he's like, oh, um. <laughs> so when they ask him about the signs, he's like, oh, I just took those for a souvenir. I mean. <laughs> he immediately confessed to the arson. Charles Feldman, who prosecuted the case, said that Matthew struck me as someone who had a horrific appetite, a premeditated appetite to cause that kind of damage and that potential loss of life. I mean, he just set it on fire. He didn't know how many people lived there, who was there. All he cared about was trying to cover his tracks, which he did not do. Matthew was convicted and sentenced to eight years in prison. However, he only served six. After his parole, he returned to Apple Valley to stay with mommy, where he reported to local parole authorities, you know, as necessary. Matthew's friends in Apple Valley tried to reintroduce him to life on the outside. But while they were at McDonald's, his friend had to explain what a McChicken was to him. Mm. So, I mean, he'd been locked up for a minute. Yeah. He stayed out of trouble and was released from parole in October. And he had paid about $4,800. Back of the two million he owed in restitution for the arson. He paid shit, basically. (laughs) Matthew was struggling to find work. He was really broke. He signed on as a truck driver, which gave him some occasional work. Sometimes he would stay with his mom. Other times he would just camp out in the woods in his sleeping bag among the trees. Mm. He even said that he slept up in the trees. I know he did. But I, I don't, I, I mean, how? I mean, you know did you where harness my dirty yourself? mind goes, but when you said he slipped up in the in tree. In the tree. In the treetops. I'm thinking he also slipped in <laughs> a tree. I'm sure that In a happened. very unnatural manner. Yes, I'm sure that happened. Yes. But, I mean, did he harness himself? Like, how do you? S- well, maybe he had a little platform built. Oh. Maybe he found a big tree branch and just curled up like Mowgli from <laughs> the Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. <laughs> Matthew would tell all these tales of climbing up trees all throughout Knox County. And he had specific tree climbing gear. He knew the woods well and he knew remote spots of Knox County well. I mean, mm. he's in the woods a lot. Yeah. It's a in all his spare time. Like. A friend described Matthew as a tightwad, reluctant to spend any money he had. But Matthew took a big plunge in late 2009, getting a loan to buy a deteriorating house for $37,500. So So, uh, it couldn't have been much of a house. I mean, otherwise it would have probably been condemned. Right. Yeah. But he said, well, for $37,000, I'll buy it. Well, 
like I said, he was described as book smart, but even his friends said he didn't have a lick of common sense. Mm-hmm. He was physically strong and big. He's six foot one, 185 pounds. Okay. So he's a big, bigger dude. He would randomly turn backflips off picnic tables for just, no apparent reason. Just walking through the park and he flips off a table. Yeah. I mean, just around strangers. Yeah. He would string toe straps between trees in his backyard and walk like a tightrope walker. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a parade in town one time and he thought he could dash from curb to curb running back and forth and beneath the undercarriage of a giant truck that was going down the road. So he thought I can make it from this sidewalk to that sidewalk and back while this truck's moving down the road. What an idiot. And others watched in disbelief. Yeah, because I would stand there and probably be like, what the fuck is happening right Right. now? And the squirrels. There's going to be a lot of (laughs) reference to squirrels mm, that concerns in me. this story that concerns me. Matthew made a habit at this point in his life of feeding the squirrels inviting the squirrels into the yard and he would even trap them and make pets mm, out of squirrels or trap squirrels it was around this same time though that some of the neighbors really liked him like neighborhood kids would join in on his tightrope yeah he seems childlike yeah. actually that he had in the tree. He'd be out and about climbing trees with his, you know, tree climbing professional gear, like teaching these kids almost in a positive way. Right. About the trees, about the leaves, yeah. how to climb, how to survive, things like that. One of the kids who was 16 at the time, Nicole, she lived two doors down from Matthew's house and her aunt's house was in the middle. So it was her house, her aunt's house, then Matthew's house. Mm-hmm. And she'd spend summer afternoons climbing trees with Matthew and other kids. He even had ropes that he tied on the high limbs, like for swings, mm-hmm. and had some like rope climbing Gear. equipment. Yeah. yeah, homemade shit, yeah. obviously. Um, Nicole said, yeah, he was weird. You know, he was a little off, but we all thought it was just because he'd been in prison before. <laughs> and that concerns me. <laughs> Like, you know, oh, that weird neighbor that you said that because I'm still thinking that he's like a 17 year old. No, but no. I've just remembered that he was in prison for six years as an adult male, male. in prison six yes. years. Who so had tried to kill some folks by burning down a condominium. Extra, extra weird. And they're now. like, oh, y'all want to go play at his house? Well, just keep your eye out because he tried to kill some folks. He did some time. And he's Don't let weird him no matches. <laughs> like, you see a lighter, get out of there. I mean, he was described as being an outdoorsman, but never violent. Never right. violent. He did have knives, but never a gun. Mm-hmm. Even with not really having anything going for him in his life and being a weirdo, still managed to get a girlfriend. All right. Did he meet her in a tree? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, where the fuck do you even meet? There is someone for everybody. There's someone for everybody. Well, she and her eight-year-old son moved in with him, and they lived with him. Okay. It was around this time he was hired as a tree trimmer for Fast Eddie's Tree Service. Of course. (laughs) Fast Eddie. Everybody seemed to be happy. Everything was going okay. Yeah. Well, the end of summer of 2010, Mm -hmm. 
Matthew started acting kind of strangely, becoming more standoffish. Neighbors reported that he was like irritable and grumpy. And his two dogs disappeared without a trace and no explanation. Oh, now that's concerning. Yeah, it should be. It should be. His girlfriend said, you know, he suddenly turned like he was a different person. And that fall, she decided to break things off with Matthew. She was like, this is getting too weird for me. She made arrangements to meet him at the house on October 4th so that she could get her belongings, get her shit and get out of there right. peacefully. Yeah. They they made a plan to do this. Yeah. While she was there, he started an argument. Things get heated, and he started choking her. Thankfully, she was able to get away from him. She got the hell out of there. She later reported that she felt like she might die that day. I mean, he was serious, Mm. and he wanted her to know he was capable of killing her. Wow. She did say that she wanted out of her life for good, her son's life. She filed a report but did not press charges. She's like... This happened. I want it on record that this happened, but I'm moving the fuck on with my life. I never want to see him or talk to him again. I'm not pressing charges because I'm not coming back. And she got the fuck out of town. Right. She was not putting up with that shit. So something scared the shit out of her. I mean, yeah, he yeah, chucked the fuck out of her. he seemed like just, you know, kind of a weird guy, but more like a hippie right, nature lover, right. you know. Well, but now he, it's definitely yeah. sounding like something happened. He got a little different side to him. It was at the same time Matthew was fired from his job at Fast Eddie's Tree Service because, number one, he lied about how much experience and knowledge he had. I mean, just because you live in the woods a lot don't mean you know shit about trying to cut down trees. True. There is an art to that. There, you exactly. You have to have some skill for right. that for sure. He had none. Yeah. He had none. And then he said he had experience. He had none. Mm. None. So Fast Eddie said, you need to get the fuck on out of here. And number two, the company, everybody in the company said he got to go because he freaks us the fuck out. Mm. Everybody mm. said he got to go. We, got, we took a company vote. And he got to go. And there will be a mutiny if you don't get this motherfucker out of here. So I'm going to reference these squirrels again. The ones that he was inviting to the yard. The ones that he had as pets. Well, now he was trapping them. And instead of making pets out of them, he was killing them and skinning them and hanging them in his yard. Oh, that's not good. Then... He started eating the squirrels. He put them on the grill. Mm. Neighbors saw him pluck squirrels off the fucking line. He had skinned the skin squirrels off the fucking line and heat up the grill and throw the squirrel onto the grill. I'm just so fucking disturbed by that mental image. If yes. I was a neighbor and saw that, yes. that would be that would be hard. But I also know people that eat squirrel. Yeah, but I don't want on to a regular, see yes. the carcass that is, hanging, and yeah. then I don't want to yeah. watch you put it on the grill. Go I in com- the backyard and do I that completely shit. Completely get that. I can't. I would feel really weird about my neighbor having dead squirrel carcasses strung up in his yard right? in the first place. So to see him grill it sure. is even more traumatic. Well, how about this motherfucker built a platform in the trees that were in his yard and would now climb up there and stay for hours what the neighbors describe what the community describe is he would sit or stand quietly and stare at them for hours and hours and hours 
That is super fucking creepy. weird. I'm going to tell you super what. I'm creepy. like, no, let me call the motherfucking police. This motherfucker has squirrels strung up in the yard. He put them on a grill and now he's standing up there watching me. Yes. No. But you know what? As fucked up as that is, even if you called the police just on that. There's nothing they can There's do. There's nothing they can do. Has he threatened you? Has he done anything? And you're like, no. I know this is a fucking problem. You he, know this is a problem. He's gnawing on a squirrel carcass looking me in my eye from a platform and in has the trees. for the last four hours. Yes. Yeah. Well, in the days ahead of his 30th birthday, not much is going right for his life. He lost his job. His girlfriend left him. Money's a constant concern. You know, besides just the everyday bill to bill, he still owes this $2 million. Mm, he never <laughs> don't pay back. But he's supposed to be like on a payment plan. Obviously, these payments yeah, are he not don't being even have met. Five on it. Right. He does not have five. So he's worried that, you know, they're going to start looking for him for that as well. Well, Matthew states, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I don't believe a fucking word that comes out of his mouth. Not one. I feel like that's a safe assumption to have, though. Matthew states that he starts looking at houses in the neighborhood that he could burglarize. So he was scanning while he was up in that tree house. Right. Yeah. And he's trying to pick what would be said easiest. And probably learning people's schedules. Oh, we're going to get there. He would pick out houses he was interested in and camp in the woods near the house and watch it. Mm -mm. That's creepy as That is super, super creepy. So Matthew's chosen the house he wants to burglarize. This house belongs to Tina Herman. Mm -hmm. It was a secluded house in the neighborhood. So it was kind of like at the end of a street. So it was in the neighborhood, but then surrounded mostly by woods, right. which you think would be great. Sure. Yeah. You want to have a lot of privacy. That'd probably be the house I'd pick out of the neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he had been watching that family long enough that he knew their routine. Mm. He has, he says, I don't believe him, that he has no idea who these people are at this point. Wednesday, February 9th, 2011, Matthew went into the woods across the street from Tina Herman's house and spent the night sleeping in a double sleeping bag because it's cold as fuck right? in Ohio in November. Yeah. He was awoken early that next morning on Thursday morning, November 10th, to a man leaving. He knew everyone would leave soon, so he drifted back off to sleep and just waited. Right on schedule, the school bus arrived, and Matthew watched two kids get on the bus and leave. Shortly after 9 a.m., he saw the woman leave. Matthew knew the house was empty. He snuck across the road. First, he tried to open the front door. It was locked. So he goes to the garage and slipped under the garage door, which wasn't completely closed. Oh. I will say, the door was actually, it was broken. So it was closed all the way on one side, but it's like it was off track. So it slants. So there was one side just that enough was just fucking room ugh. for him to slide under. And he slid under. He gets to the door from the garage that goes into the house and just kicks it in. By this time, it's 1030 a.m. Mm-hmm. Matthew looks around the house to make sure no one was there. Even if he didn't take anything, he just liked being in that he was fucking excited 
about being in their house with them not there. Right, right. He gets off on shit like that. Yeah. He was looking for anything of value that he could carry out easily. Money, jewelry, whatever. He said he didn't find anything of real value. Okay. That's another reason I don't fucking believe anything he says. If you didn't find anything of value, why did you pick that house? You've been you've been stalking houses. Right. Wouldn't you pick one that you knew fucking had something in it right. that you could take? Right. So he's in there looking around. He doesn't find anything. Matthew's getting ready to leave. It'd be, he'd been there about an hour. A fucking hour. Just pondering. Just taking his time. Picking around. Deciding what he wants to do. Um, when suddenly somebody pulls into the driveway. Matthew was down the hall in the back in one of the bedrooms when someone entered the house. Matthew was unable to get out of the house without breaking the window and trying to jump out because he couldn't get the window open in the bedroom. The only weapon he had brought with him was a heavy-duty serrated jungle primitive hunting knife. Damn, that sounds aggressive. And he bought it online. Jungle primitive sounds aggressive. And that's why I definitely put that in there because that's yeah. what it was described that, as. That sounds aggressive. That's what he ordered. And he said he just brought it for intimidation. He was never going to use it on anybody. Yeah. But what Matthew didn't know was that Tina had taken a late shift at work that day mm -hmm. so that she could go apartment hunting. Tina was unfortunately not in such a great relationship with her boyfriend, Greg. This is the man that he saw leaving. Right. We find out later. Right. Um, so Tina and Greg had decided to end their relationship, and Tina was going to move out. Okay. Tina had asked her friend Stephanie Sprang to come with her to help her find a new place to live because, mm. you know, we, we as women, we always pair up. Yeah, sure. Help me come find yes. an apartment. Tell me what you think. Yeah. What you know. They were going to go apartment hunting. Tina had only left the house that morning because she wanted to go to the store to pick up a few groceries and get packing supplies. Tina comes home. She walks in the kitchen. She puts the bags on the floor. Um, and she turns around and sees this man running towards her. Oh she gosh. was completely shocked and really didn't have time to react. Matthew just jumped on her. I mean, he just jumped on her. Mm. I mean, you're just standing there in your kitchen. You right. hear something. You turn around and there's just some dude like running barreling you. down the hallway. Yeah, running. That's you don't have freaky. time to do yeah. anything. Um. He stood her back up and he held the knife to her throat. And we're going to stop right there and take a shot. All right. And I'm going to let you know that shit's about to get real. Well, I've got sweet tea this time. No blueberries for me. What's in my cup? Still, still blueberry, but yep. no, no balls, right? No balls in yours. No balls in mine, please. <laughs> Just in mine. Cheers, bitches. Mm. Mm. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Matthew makes Tina go down the hallway towards the bedrooms. He took Tina into her own bedroom. I don't, you know, if he knew that or not, I don't know. He instructed her to get on the bed and lay face down. Mm -hmm. He saw a blackjack laying nearby. And a blackjack is like a, kind of like the truck drivers have them a lot. It's like an old school police baton okay. that you can like whoosh, whip out and it becomes okay. like a damn, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, he saw it laying there and Matthew grabbed it. He was going to try to knock her out. He hit her in the head several times, but this just wasn't working. He couldn't like knock her out. So he starts panicking. 
he has this knife in his hand. So the first thing he does is just stab her in the back while she's laying there. Mm. Physically, literally, as this is happening, Stephanie Springs pulling up. Her friend's there to meet her to go apartment hunting. Right. Stephanie doesn't think a thing about it. She walks right into the house, which sure. you and I do that every time. time. I don't yeah, knock. Absolutely. I don't do anything. I just come on in. What up, bitch? She doesn't see Tina anywhere. She's calling out for her, Tina. What's going on? Stephanie walks into the bedroom, sees Matthew standing over Tina's bloody body. Oh, my God. And has a knife in his hand. And she starts yelling at him to stop. This is when he lunges towards her. Stephanie turns and runs out of that bedroom straight across the hall into another bedroom. Oh, no, no, She's no. She's trying to shut the door and slam it. Matthew overpowers her. He opens the door, pushes Stephanie down onto the bed where she, he immediately starts stabbing her in the chest. Oh, my gosh. This is a very violent stabbing, and he's twisting with mm. that serrated knife. Mm. Matthew then goes back into the other bedroom where Tina was stabbed or where Tina was still laying and stabs her a few more times. What? He then went from room to room, stabbing and checking until he could tell that both women were dead. Wow. Matthew then says that he was just like in a total state of shock. He says that he really only wanted to burglarize the house. Here again, I'm going to say, I don't believe a fucking word he says. No, because, you know, it sounds like to me, it's not about stealing anything. He likes, he gets off on being in their mm -hmm. space mm -hmm. and violating their space. Absolutely. That's what he gets off on. So here he has these two women. He's wandering around the house slowly coming to the realization of what he's done this is what he says mm -hmm. um shout out here um to a separate trigger warning i should have put this in the initial but i didn't but i am going to tell you before there's some um animal cruelty oh. so if the animals are too much for you that's what's coming up and it's bad the family had a dog that was in the house, a small dog. Well, the dog keeps barking at Matthew to the point that Matthew's like, okay, this dog is going to fucking get me caught. Right. So at this point, he grabs the little dog, scoops him up, and stabs and kills the dog as well. Mm. After a while, he comes to the conclusion that he's got to dispose of these bodies um, by burning this house down. You know, that's his go-to. At first, he thought about loading the bodies into the vehicle, driving it to the park, which has a pond, and swimming away as the vehicle sank down. But he was like, damn, you know, it's too cold for that. I just don't want to get in the water. Oh, you know, I might not make it out. I might yeah. not make it out. So he decides he's not going to burn the house down. He's not going to go to the pond. He's going to process, that's his words, mm -hmm. the bodies and remove them from the house. Matthew then drug Tina and Stephanie's bodies to the bathroom. Right. He also picked up the dog and brought the dog into the bathroom as well. First, he placed Tina in the bathtub and began dismembering her body. Once he had several pieces cut up, he went into the kitchen, got some black garbage bags, brought them back into the bathroom and began putting the pieces inside. He was actively dismembering Stephanie's body when the two kids, <gasps> Sarah and Cody, arrived yeah. home from school. Yeah. They come in the house and start looking for their mom. Oh, no. So we're going to stop right there and take another little shot. Oh. 
That's, oh. It's only going to get worse. Mm, yeah, we need this. Yes, yes. Cheers, bitches. Okay. <clears throat> Sarah and Cody see the blood trail on the floor and they follow it into the bathroom. Oh, no, no, no. Where they see Matthew covered in blood cutting up a body. That is straight out of a horror movie. It is. Sarah and Cody begin screaming. They both turn around and take off running. Sarah turns and runs into her room and locks the door. No, get out of the house. I mean, I know. I haven't told you yet, but Sarah is 13. Cody is 10. Mm. So these are small, scared to fucking death children. You go in there and you see. You just got home from school. You're like, what's up? You yes. walk in and you see somebody being dismembered in your tub. Right. Yeah. It's unimaginable. Um, Sarah's in her room with the door locked. Don't forget, all of Stephanie's blood is in there. So oh, she's in a traumatic yeah. scene oh as well. Gosh, that, oh, my gosh. Matthew is able to grab Cody as he's running from the door. And he immediately stabs Cody in the back of the head. No, no. He then turned Cody around and stabbed him in the ch- in the chest until he was dead. Oh, no. Matthew goes to the room where he knows Sarah's at, busts down the door, walks over to her, grabs her, raises his knife, and looks her in her eyes and stopped. Instead, he cut the cord off the ceiling fan, like the the chain you would use to turn the court the right. fan off and on. He cut the cord from the ceiling fan and tied her wrists and put a gag in her mouth. Oh no. For whatever reason, he had this urge, he says, this urge at the moment to keep her alive. Mm. So he gagged her. Um, like I said, he put a pillowcase over her head and he brought her downstairs to the basement. Once they were in the basement, he tied her legs together. And Sarah said at this moment, he was really angry. His voice was yelling. He was yelling at her, telling her what to do, like a command. Mm -hmm. Then he brings her back upstairs and takes her into the kitchen, sits her down on the kitchen floor and leaves her there while what he says is cleaning. He's cleaning up the scene. Mm. So she is gagged, right. bound at the wrists, right. bound at the ankles, has a pillowcase on her head, and has been laid on her kitchen floor. I, I couldn't and imagine she was there, the fear that she it had. is in the, right, and she was there for <clears throat> a while because yeah, I mean, he's got to finish dismembering a body, and I'm assuming now he's got another one to add to it. Right. So she's bound and terrified, and he's just. Like you say, just walk around the house, cleaning up, cutting here, cutting there, bagging mm. stuff up, just whatever, whatever. She did say she smelled Clorox, but other than that, she didn't know anything, right. couldn't see anything, couldn't say anything. Just helpless. After he finishes, I guess, cleaning up what he could do right. at the time, he then uh, cuts the bind on her legs mm-hmm. stands her up mm-hmm. and he walks her into the garage and this is where stephanie's jeep is this is where stephanie had parked at right um he puts her in stephanie's jeep and she's still blindfolded but she hears him loading up garbage bags 
Mm. Trash bags. Right. She has no fucking clue that she's riding around with her mom, her brother, and Stephanie's dismembered bodies. She knows it's not good. Right. But she has no fucking no, clue. No, she was just having a on. regular normal day, comes home from school, and boom. And the dog. Oh. He has the dog as well. They drove around for a while. Um, She said once they parked somewhere, she had no idea where, he told her, stay still, do not move. I'm going to be watching you. And he left the vehicle. Well, she's 13 years old. She's fucking terrified. Yeah. She is limber enough to get her hand up Mm -hmm. and move her blindfold up. And he like bum rushes the vehicle. (gasps) He's there immediately. He's like, I fucking told you not to look. But before he could get the blindfold pulled back down, she was able to see that they were at a baseball field and that it was dark outside because she didn't know what time it was. Yeah. She just got home from school and all this shit happened. As soon as she peeked, you know, he come running back over there and he told her that if you look again, I'm going to kill you. And he Mm. tightened the blindfold. He left her in that car for over an hour. And what he was doing during this time, she didn't know, was he was walking to where he had left his car the night before. Because remember, he spent the night in the woods watching their house. So he's in Stephanie's Jeep with these bodies and this little girl. And he's left her to walk back to his car that he left parked. And his car is a Toyota Yaris. So he had left her in the vehicle for an hour because it was a long walk from where he had parked at this baseball field to where his Yaris was parked. But once he made it back to his car, gets in it, drives back to where the stolen Jeep is, gets Sarah out and puts her into his Yaris. Mm. And now he drives her to his house in his car, takes her inside of his house and takes her into the bathroom. This And once she was in the bathroom, the binds that were on her wrist, mm-hmm. he attached to the sink. Okay. So she's bound to the bathroom. Right. Once she was securely bound, <clears throat> he takes the pillowcase off her head or the blindfold off so she can see where she's at for the first time. Right. Okay. They're in this bathroom, right? Mm. The walls are white, but there were drawings all over them Ooh. in black ink. There were animals and people and like weird deformed people mm-hmm. and yin and yang symbols, peace symbols. There was a lot of scribblish, like not real words. Mm, just some gibberish written right, out yeah. on the wall. So she's looking at psychosis just manifested yes. on the fucking walls. Yes. Bless her heart. There was a face <coughs> drawn around the sink faucet. Mm-hmm. So it looked like the faucet was, was coming out of this face's mouth. Oh, that's creepy. Okay. Just fucking weird. He then ties her up even more securely with duct tape and told her that he would be back, but that he had people watching the house. So if you try anything, you will die immediately. She fucking believes him. Sure. Because as soon as she moved her blindfold, he come running back over. She's like, oh, he's watching. He's watching. And she has no idea where her mom or brother is. She's not going to risk anything at this point. And she's probably in shock. Absolutely. 
He then goes back to the Jeep <coughs> that's parked at the baseball field, still full of trash bags of dismembered human remains, and drives the Jeep to Walmart. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're just going to leave a car with body parts? In the parking in lot. Just mm-hmm. in the parking lot at mm-hmm. Walmart? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, while he's at Walmart, he buys a blue tarp. And some yard waste trash bags. He also bought a turkey sandwich and a $1 Halloween t-shirt. Oh, my God. And we know all this because you see it later on this. Or I'm going to tell you about so it later. he couldn't pass up a good deal on a Halloween t-shirt. Shirt. He was a little hungry after murdering and dismembering everybody. Yes. And he needed that tarp and some and trash bags. And some murder tools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. The CCTV footage of him at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Bitch. Mm-mm. He is casually strolling around. Yeah. He doesn't have a care in the world. Right. He's just there, just shopping. He's walking back towards the checkout, and there is, I guess, discounted, because it's November. Yeah. So there's discounted Halloween stuff. He's like, mm, it's a dollar. Why not? Browse. Why not? See if they got my size. Are you fucking kidding me? It's crazy. And this was in the middle of the night, too. I mean, he has a fucking 13-year-old girl bound and gagged in his fucking bathroom. And body parts. Dismembered bodies of people and dogs in, in the, the vehicle. Lot. Yeah. And he's buying a turkey sandwich. And a Halloween t-shirt in November. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Yeah. All right. So he's, you know, got a sandwich. Got a new shirt. Right. He's looking all spiffy. He's rejuvenated. Got his supplies. And now he's ready to dispose of the bags containing Cody, Tina, Stephanie, and the dog. Mm -hmm. Now, I know where he put the remains, but I'm going to make you wait till part two for that. Okay. Okay. So after he drops off the remains, Matthew drives Stephanie's Jeep back to Tina's house. So we are back at the crime scene. Okay. Pulls back in the garage and takes his Walmart bags out. He sets down the bag that has the tarp and the garbage bags in it. Still in the Walmart bag. Mm-hmm. Um, he then grabbed two gas cans that were in the garage and put them into the back of a pickup truck that was also in the garage. And he planned to drive it to the gas station to get gas and then come back and burn the house down. Mm-mm. Okay. That was a lot of information. So he got back from Walmart, takes his bags out, takes his tarp out, mm-hmm. um, does a little more cleaning around the house, sees some gas cans, and he's like, oh, let me put these in the back of this truck here. Right. I'll drive this truck down here, get some gas, come back, burn all this shit down. Yeah. Okay. As he drives off in this pickup stuff, pickup truck that he just stole out of this garage, um, the truck kept stalling. <laughs> so it wasn't running right. Good. He didn't anticipate Good. that. I'm glad. So he had to end up just abandoning the truck in a random parking lot and then walking all the way back to his Yaris again. <laughs> that fucking Yaris. So now this is important. When he left Tina's house in this stolen truck to go get gas, All the lights were off. Nobody was in the driveway. And it was quiet. It was empty. Looked like nobody was home. Right. 
After abandoning the truck and walking back to his car, instead of going back to the crime scene like he originally was going to, to burn the house down and get rid of the evidence, he said, oh, I'm just tired. I'm just exhausted. I'm going to go home and get me a good night's rest. I'll deal with this tomorrow. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. All right. All. Maybe my blueberries are kicking in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what about the the man? What was his name that lived there? That they Greg. And I'll I'll tell you that later that in part two. But Greg ended up not coming back to the house because he knew Tina was apartment hunting, and since she was in the process of leaving, he decided to stay with a friend to give her space to get out to get out and not bother the that kids. Probably saved his life. I, mm, I, it depends on what time he would have gotten home, but absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because he, you know, Matthew goes back and forth several times, right? So, but and we'll tell you where Greg was in part okay. two. But he did not come home, and there was a good reason. He wanted to stay out of her way. He didn't want to be a bother. But how ballsy of Matthew, because he doesn't know when this. That's why I don't believe a fucking word he says. He was stalking them for a specific reason, I, I think. And I totally judging think by the thirteen-year-old, so he's got tied up in the bathroom. That could be the reason, right there. You hitting the he- fucking nail on the head right now. Blueberries working. Yes, with girl. <laughs> you seeing clearly, ain't you, bitch? I know. I got you. I see clearly from the side. Yeah. So he's just he's just so tired. He just wants to get a good night's sleep. So he goes home. Um, Sarah. 13-year-old Sarah still tied up in his trippy-ass fucking crazy-ass fucking horror show bathroom. Um, She realizes, like, the only thing I can do here is just comply and try to maybe appeal of something inside of him. Right. Anything. Yeah. So she's rationalized, you know, with herself. Like, he could have killed me, but he did stop. So there's a reason he stopped. Right. So maybe there's something I can appeal to. He's a lot bigger and stronger than her. So she knew she had to get out of this without a physical altercation. Right. She knew she couldn't take him one on one. I cannot imagine being 13 years old and being fucking gagged and bound up in some horror show bathroom by some weird fucking person you saw cutting somebody in your bathroom. And you still have enough sense to know. Okay. He's bigger than me. I can't fight him. She's still thinking rationally enough of how to get out of this. Yeah, her survival mind has taken her over. Her instincts yeah. have just kicked in. Yeah. She also thinks that people are watching the house. I mean, she doesn't know if it's just him. Right. And she the one no time idea. she did test it, he was right there. Right. So I totally get that. So when he came home, she decided just to talk to him. She didn't know what else to do. There was nothing else she could do. Smart girl. So she's just going to talk to him. She asked him questions like, you know, what do you do for a living? Um, He answered he would talk to her some, but he would also kind of shut down a little bit, get cold after times. But after a while, he decided they were going to move from the bathroom and he wasn't going to keep her blindfolded anymore. So he takes her out of the bathroom. And after hours and hours, she saw his house for the first time. Okay, now you're looking at me. So like, we're going to need a shot right now. Okay, all right. We have this poor little 13-year-old child coming out of the bathroom, repeatedly gagged, bound, blindfolded. Just, I mean, she's been in this bathroom for, God, uh, who knows, How 24 hours? Who oh, fucking knows? You know. He unblindfolds her, 
unbounds her feet so she can walk. Mm -hmm. And she comes out and sees his house for the first time. Oh, my God. None of us are prepared for this. So fill your cups all the way the fuck up. Here we go. Cheers, bitches. Mm. All right. If this fucker wasn't weird enough, buckle up. She's walking through his house and there are leaves everywhere. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You say, what do you mean? I mean, leaves. Off of trees. Off of trees. Mm -hmm. There were leaves covering the floors. There were plastic grocery bags stuffed with leaves stapled to the wall. There were leaves hanging from the ceiling. And every room was like this, except for the tiny ass, weird ass fucking bathroom that she was in. So she had no idea. Right. That there was a leaf thing going on. She has to be thinking, am I dreaming right Right. now? (laughs) You see leaves everywhere. And in the living room, I saw pictures of this too. The living room floor had a tarp down Mm -hmm. and just leaves covering the top of it. Mm. Okay. Mm. I am just, my mind, of course, goes to some crazy places, but uh, I'm just picturing him like, Oiled up, rolling around on these fucking leaves I, in his house, just being knows? super, super creepy. Who fucking knows? Mm. And I will say this too. Um, should I tell you? Should I tell you? you Matthew should. doesn't have enough trees in his yard to produce this many leaves, right? So Matthew has went to other people's yards and other property and gathered their leaves. And brought them back to his home and hung them up. I wonder. That's disturbing. Like, if you go out in your yard and get your own leaves, okay. But the fact that somebody might have come in my yard, got my leaves so they could take them home. What if you were just fixing your coffee and you look outside <laughs> and you see this fool in your front yard with a Walmart bag just picking up leaves. full of leaves? You know what my husband would say? Don't you interrupt him if he wants to clean up the leaves. <laughs> let him clean up the leaves. See, that's the other hand of it. Or do they know? They're like, oh, you know, yeah, he's said he's doing some art or some shit, and he wanted to know if we could if he could come get the leaves. He like, but judging by his judgment and not thinking ahead too much, I would just see him grabbing a Walmart bag and going out in somebody's yard, it up, being yeah. really creepy. Yeah. And I don't even think it mattered what kind of leaves. I mean, his entire fucking house, ceiling, walls, mm-hmm. floors. We're covered with leaves. Mm-mm. Are you hearing me? Mm-mm. She thought, what the fuck? I mean, I she's mean if she hadn't already been thinking that, so you come out and you see leaves, leaves everywhere. everywhere. And she asked him, she said, "Um, what's up with all the leaves? Yeah. What, what? And he's like, oh, I use them for insulation. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Uh, Bitch, what would you do if you was going out with somebody for the first time? You come over to their house and leaves was everywhere. He said, I use them for insulation. I'm like, insulate your damn self, <laughs> yes. motherfucker. I'm out. Like, it is time to go. It's time to go. Oh, I got to go. Yeah. You know what? I got to work. I forgot I had to be at work tonight. <laughs> so she immediately knows this motherfucker ain't right. Ain't right. Yeah. The, the leaves just. She quickly changed the subject because she's like, this is going to get me nowhere. He just told me he used him for insulation. Yeah. Nope. Just, I'm going to play like that's yeah. fascinating. She asked about her mom and her brother. Mm-hmm. Matthew assured her he did not kill them. 
And he told her that he let the dog out of the house. So he said the dog just ran away because I opened the door and just made it leave. He's trying to keep her from panicking. Mm -hmm. And he was like, are you hungry? And she was like, actually, I am starving. And he said, well, do you want some squirrel? I have plenty in the freezer. Mm. And she said, no, I'm not hungry. <laughs> like, I am starving now. She, she told him, she was like, I'm not eating a squirrel. So then he was like, well, I have some cereal. And she was like, okay, yeah, cereal would be great. Bitch, he had soured milk. Mm -mm. And she ate it anyway because the child had no idea when she'd be able to get food again. And she really oh, was starving. Bless her heart. Oh, that baby. Matthew then physically tied her to his person. Mm -mm. Because he won't take a nap. He was tired again. He just needs some more rest. He got a lot of work to do. I couldn't imagine just sitting there looking at him. While he's fucking sleeping. Oh. That's where I'm going to leave you, though, for part one. Uh, Stay tuned for part two, where it gets even fucking weirder. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Fuck you. Isn't it great, though? It's just yeah, great. I'm, wanting to, I'm just picturing all these terrible things that he's doing to himself in the leaves. Or with the leaves. By, yeah, Can't you the see him being just, naked in the woods just rubbing his dick on a tree? Yes, that's exactly Sick what I see him doing. It's bark. Yeah. It's bark. He probably drilled a hole in a few <gasps> of them. I can't. I can't, but it's it's wood. We're taking the leaves wonder and if just he rubbing them sand. all over his naked body. I wonder Whoa. if he used some sandpaper and like hollowed out a hole where it was smooth in the wood. I wish a snake would bite his <laughs> dick off like, like a poisonous one. I'm guessing that there wouldn't be much for the snake to bite. So probably not Maybe it thought happen. it was like a little worm it yeah, was going to eat. Maybe. maybe. You know? Sure couldn't wrap around it. <laughs> all right. There you have it. There you have it. Blueberries and all. So we got to stay tuned. Yep. She swallowed all the balls. I did swallow She's some balls right faced. out the gate. I am. I'm, feel, I'm definitely feeling definitely it. Definitely so. feeling the balls. I'm ready for part two already. I can't wait to tell you part two. Well, you have to stay tuned to next week. Until next time, we hope that you keep listening. Be good, stay out of trouble, or don't get caught. Bye, bitches. We hope you keep listening and find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Murder and Moonshine. We would love to hear from you. You can send us an email at murderandmoonshine at gmail.com. <laughs>